Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. There's one young man who bought a ticket for tonight and couldn't be here because he had a stroke. Um, Nick McLaughlin is in rehab hospital learning how to walk again. And we're so happy that healing is happening in his body. He's, uh, he's going to have to go to another, the, the, the military is going to send him to another place to, to continue his rehab. So he's going to be away, away from us for a while. But Nick is a part of us. He's just right down the street at the hospital. And so I told him we're going to be praying for him tonight. And another thing we're going to do is we're going to take him a big plate full of Joe T's food. He goes, oh, he said, Pastor, don't do that. You don't have to. I'm like, Okay, but he doesn't know. He's still going to get it. All right. But, but here, here's what I want us to do. In fact, come up a little bit closer. I, w- I want you to just, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for him. We're going to pray for his total healing. And I know you're videoing this for Nick right now. Nick, I want you to know this church loves you. We love you so much. And the, the prayers for you aren't stopping. They're continuing. And I hope you're continuing to feel the love. And I know you do. You're continuing to feel the love from this church. But we're going to pray for you right now because we miss you. And we wish you were here, but you're still part of us, and we can do this right now. Church, will you just uh, just even stretch your hands toward toward Hunter, and and, and let's just uh, just take that take that out there and let him let him see the people that are praying. Lord Jesus, right now we just pray for Nick McLaughlin. God, I thank you, God, that you delivered him, you healed him. God, God, the the the, the trial that he went through on December 25th on Christmas Day of having having this stroke, Lord, God, it was it was just a, a terrible shock to everyone. But Lord, we prayed him through this. I believe, God, it was a miracle that you brought him out of that. The doctor said it doesn't look good for him to even come out of this alive, but thank you, God, that Nick is alive, and I thank you, God, that Nick is being healed in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that the the healing is coming into his body, that his nerves are responding correctly, his muscles are coming back to life, and he will be back to normal, and he will not only survive, but Nicholas will thrive in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we bless him. We pray for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, sir. God bless you. Oh, man. I tell you, the power of technology. I love that. So he's going to get this here in a couple minutes. But um, I I was uh, reviewing my notes from the 2019 uh, Partners Banquet one year ago uh, today. And and I made a declaration in this room. I I look back at the exact words that I said. and, And here's the words that I said. I said, it's now time for us to enlarge the footprint of our church. We, I said, we, I declared we will occupy and even own more of downtown Fort Worth in the days to come. And it begins right here with this building in this city block. And we said, we're going to ask for it and God's going to give it. We're going to ask for it. God's going to give it. And then I said, we're going to walk out of here. We're going to march all the way around and it's going to look weird. People on the streets are going to look, they're not going to know what we're doing, but we're going to go march around this thing. And we did, we did. We marched around it and we came back in and, and I heard different ones saying, I just felt like something breaking in the spirit realm. And like, well, we feel it. We sense it. You know, there's nothing happened, but we believe something happens. And that's what does happen in the spirit realm. As soon as you got back into this room a year ago, I shared this scripture with you. Zechariah 9, 12, it says, return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. I prophetically declared these words. I said, in this fortress right here, you will receive a double anointing, a double restoration, a double blessing for your home, for your life, and for this ministry. And now here we are one year later, and 
look where we are, what we proclaimed a year ago has now unfolding exactly one year later right here in our own building. God is restoring a portion of this building back to us. As I was praying about this, I said, God, what's the significance of this happening exactly at the same time? And I felt God saying this, and I want you to receive this. I, I, I believe God was saying, this is a test of your will. This is a test of your will. I felt God saying to me, which is saying to you, are you going to steward this well? Are you going to maximize this 25% of this space for kingdom use? I felt God saying that, that uh, if we steward our resources, our finances, and our time, and our efforts well, that this fortress will shine. I believe that. And I believe that, that if we do this, as we act on this, that God is going to give us more and more and more because whatever we take good care of, God says, okay, you're good stewards, I'm gonna give you more. I believe that with all my heart. That's a stewardship principle from the word of God. We proclaimed it one year ago. We acted by faith one year ago. We couldn't see what this was gonna look like, but here we are. Three months ago, the test began for us. The test began for us three months ago through the Expand 2020 Heart for the House challenge. It was the largest offering challenge we'd ever asked from this church. I'm telling you guys, we passed that first part of the test. We passed the test. Now, we're about to move into the second. I believe there are three tests involved here. One is, will you, will you finance the remodeling? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. That was a miracle, guys. Second, are you willing to refurbish the space? Will you get in? Because we didn't raise money to bring in a bunch of contractors to do this. I'm sorry, that would have been twice as much, okay? So, so we felt God saying, no, we need to raise this much, and, and the people of our church, we're going to do our very best to do this. Contractors where they're needed, but otherwise, we're going to refurbish this space over a period of months. And, and, uh, and it's not just that out there, but it's, it's this, whole, this whole building. That's the second test. And we're, we started on that yesterday with the volunteer rally. And then uh, the third is the next test, which will unfold in the days to come. Preston mentioned a little bit about it, but are you going to use this new space well for the kingdom? Will you use it well? And I loved it this morning being in church because I could see, all, I, I could see and feel the extra space. Could you guys feel it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and we can put more chairs in here now. I mean, we, can, we, can, we, we feel this extra space, and I love it. I love it. And, and I true, truly believe that what God has brought to us is what we prophesied a year ago about a restoration. God was going to restore to us something. And, uh, and I believe that, that this restoration of this portion of our building into our care uh, is, is part of that test. And we're going we're, we're gonna to win this thing. We're going to push through this thing with faith, and we're going to move to the next level. At the close of my message today, what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to go and we're going to tag the foyer. Tag it, meaning and you can only do it in there, but we're going to write on the walls. So don't write on the walls in here or anything like that, but we're going to write on the walls in there. Don't write on the floors or anything like that, but you're going to start writing down some of your statements, your words for 2020, some scriptures. You're going to put your family name up there. You're going to write prophetic. Some of you are going to write prophetic statements for you or yourself or your business or in this church and your, for you personally, for your family. In fact, I believe God's even going to give you some ideas of what you're going to be writing out there on those walls in these next few minutes. And don't be ashamed just to stop and jot them down on, a, you know, on your, on your uh, phone or on something in front of you over the next few minutes and get ready because we're going to do something in there. 
I've already given you a head start because I went out there this morning or this afternoon and did it. It was fun. I came into the building and, and uh, the alarms were set and I came in and disarmed the alarm so I knew I was here alone and, and, uh, and I just started writing all over the walls and I made a mess out there and I love it. But I got it started for you because I believe this. Rebecca, you said this as well. I believe that 2020 is a year for a release of the supernatural in our church. Um, in fact, one of the things we, we're doing is we're adding an additional city life night to our church calendar. We're going to be doing one in April, June, and November. Now, why do we do that? It's not just a night of singing. What It's a night of powerful Holy Spirit ministry. And we're adding that. In fact, I, I have a vision that you know, there'll be a day when we're doing these probably once a month. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. It's time. It's time. Last year, immediately after our church eldership was installed, um, that was a very special moment, and, and right after that, I was spending some time in prayer, and, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, okay, Tim, now punch the accelerator. The eldership is in place. Now punch the accelerator regarding Holy Spirit activity in this church. So strongly felt it. I mentioned it a couple times on Sundays, but I felt that, and so it was like when we came to the Holy Spirit workshop, I said something, something's going to break here, and it did at Holy Spirit workshop this last year. It was the third year to do that, but something broke at Holy Spirit workshop, and we followed it up two weeks later with a city life night like I'd never seen before, and uh, I felt God saying this. God saying this really for us as we are moving into this new year. Is this line right here. City life will thrive. We're not, we're, we're past the point of surviving. There was a time where we just wanted to survive. We just needed to make it to the next week by God's grace. That's how it was back in the early days. You guys remember yeah, when y'all were daters, you know? Oh, we're going to make it one more week? But city life will thrive as you create a healthy, engaged family culture. And the thriving is the Holy Spirit activity amongst us. My theme for 2020 is this. It's called 2020 Family Focus. And this, this is all about like, the, the, the usage of that foyer space. I, I, like, I want to call it the family foyer. I don't know. I just want to call it that. But I'm talking about family spiritual gifts. I'm talking about gifts of the Spirit working, the supernatural, like I talked about this morning, the supernatural working within our family. I'm talking about our presence on cultural streets where we're taking God into the culture. Yeah. So it's Tuesday morning. I'll be over with the uh, Tarrant County uh, court, uh, commissioner's court. And, and you understand, I mean, Tarrant County is what, the 15th most populous county in the United States. And God has put me in there to be able to, 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 to speak blessing and to pray and to, and to ask God just to fall on this county. And I just believe that those things happen. I believe, and I want you to be praying with me Tuesday morning. You know, I would love it if the power of God falls in the county courtroom. I would love that. I would love to see that guy who puts in God we trust on our tax bills. I would love him to say, yeah. <laughs> I love those guys. You know, but I'm talking, what I'm talking about tonight, my challenge for you tonight is what, isher, what ushers in the supernatural. I don't want to do church just to do church. I want to do church to engage the presence of God because that's what changes lives. But family is what, a family atmosphere is what makes that happen. A few weeks ago, I talked to you about three types of family, and, and this is real simple. There's, there's blood family. So blood family is like your literal, physical uh, relatives, spouses, adopted children, 
that, that are in the home. The second type of family is the local church family. And really, that's what I'm talking about tonight. It's about the people who are part of this local congregation. The third type of family is God's family. That's the worldwide church of God. Uh, children, all the children of God, anyone who's been saved through the blood of Jesus. But with all these three types of family, there are these common elements. In fact, some of the challenges I'm going to be making this year is not just to the church family, but to you to, to, to strengthen and build your families and your homes. Some of you who, who have yet to, to even be married or have a family, it's like, man, that may seem a, a long time off. No, it's not. It's funny because I was here talking to Jordan and Jenna just a little bit ago. I was like, it seems like just yesterday I was performing their wedding ceremony and now they have three kids. It's just, it's just amazing how things happen like that. We know how it happens, but <laughs> family is critical. Family is the building block of what God uses. There's your own family. And you might be single right now, but God is going to be preparing you for your family in the days ahead. And then there's this church family. And I think the way that a lot of people are going to be trained, because this, this congregation has a lot of younger people in it. Guests and visitors still come and say, how do you do it? It's like, I don't know. I just get up there and preach. It's not, it's not how do you do it? <laughs> There's no secret to it. It's just like, we just open the doors, people show up. But what God brings us, we're also going to begin to equip so that when people do walk into the days of having their family, they will know how family operates because they've been in a family right here. Here are the elements of a family. I'm just going to give these to you real quick. They all start with a C. First of all, is covering. Every family has a head. Every family has an authority figure. The second one is this. Every family has a code. Uh, so I'm talking about like your, your blood family or the, you know, the Worldwide Church of God family or our local family. Every family has a code. So those are established boundaries in which you operate. Every family has covenant relationships, which is I preached about this morning. Those, that's a deep mutual love commitment based upon 1 Corinthians 13. Every family also has contribution. That's where each family member somehow contributes toward the successful function of the family. We thrive in that area. And I'm so excited about that. When I give to other pastors the percentage of how many people in our church serve on Sunday mornings, they can't believe it. They say, how do you do that? Like, it's just like people want to serve, and we don't, we don't wear people out either. We treat people with dignity and respect. Number five is care. Five is care. Every family creates a sense of security, safety, and protection. Number six is this. It's a common name. Every family expresses its identity through a common name. Like, I'm going to want you to put your family name out there today, but, but we also have a family name, and it's called City Life, all right? And number seven, the seventh is this. It's a craving. It's a craving to reproduce and expand. Every family has a craving to reproduce and expand. It's the feeling, the need to enlarge itself and to multiply. And, and, and all of these elements of family are here, and we're going to pray that they strengthen. We're going, to do, can, we're going to do things to make them be stronger, but you're also going to be able to take these same principles and apply them to your individual families. I'm praying your homes and your families will be stronger by the end of this year because of what happens in this house been studying a lot of scriptures on family and saying, God, how does all this relate <laughs> for a few, several, for about three months now, three or four months, looking at all these scriptures on families, like how do these family scriptures relate to the local church? And, and man, I just sat down the other day and I had about, had about 50 or 60 scriptures listed out in the Holy Spirit began saying, this is how it works. This is how it works. This is how it works in the church. These are not just scriptures for, for how a blood family works. This is, these are scriptures for how a church works. And, and I'm going to share these with you tonight. Here, I, the, the first thing is I have four, four charges right up front. And this is for the church elders. This is for the staff. And this is for the key team. 
If you're part of this, listen to this. In fact, jot all these down, but here's the first one. Leaders, you need to train for life and ministry. We are to train for life and ministry in this church and in that foyer and in these rooms and in your groups. Proverbs 22, 6 says this, train up a child the way he will go. When he was old, he will not depart from it. That's the mandate of the church. Leaders, I also, I I charge you with this. And here it is. I just charge you, rise up mothers and fathers in the house. Rise up. What we just celebrated today is something I want to celebrate in a greater and greater way. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 says, Fathers, do not exas- uh, exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the admonition and the instruction of the Lord. That's a charge for the home family. It's a charge for this family, leaders. Uh, leaders, I also challenge you. The third of my challenges for you is this, is to feed the flock. It's not about your personal comfort. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 15 says this. I love it. It talks about the mother in the house. It's, oh, it's beautiful. It says, she gets up while it's still dark, and she provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. I, I think about that because the, the beauty of the, the motherhood picture is any mom who's had a child knows at the point that child arrives, it's no longer all about you, right? Church, leaders, I'm just telling you, leaders, key team, elders, it's not about you. Staff, it's not about you. I love it. Here's the fourth, is to send people under their cultural streets. A family sends people under their cultural streets. Oh, listen to this. Psalm 127, (laughs) verses 3 through 5. It says, children are a heritage from the Lord. So in other words, as people are born, spiritually born into this congregation, it says they're, they're an offspring that is a reward from God. They are like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children that are born. Blessed is the man and blessed is the church whose quiver is full of arrows. Yeah, well, I want a lot of arrows because they will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponent in court. So in other words, we, I, I want us leaders, I want us to be able to raise up people in this church and shoot them out into the culture like arrows into the cultural streets. Congregation, I have some family scriptures for all of you now. So if you're, 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 if you're not a leader, well, this is all for you leaders. This is for you also, because you get every bit of it if you're a leader. Number one is we are going to, in this house, establish a culture of honor. And it's, it's not about me. Come on, please. It's not about me. Trust me, I don't need that. But you know what? We need to learn to establish this culture of honor because the, the society as a whole is moving more and more toward dishonor of all authority like we've never seen before, and it's a dangerous place to go. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land of the Lord that God is giving to you. Congregation, here's another one for you. Look out for each other. I challenge you to look out for each other. 1 Timothy 5 verse 8 says this, but if anyone does not provide for their relatives and especially for the members of their own household, he has denied their faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Do you realize the Bible says that about families? Yeah. So, so like, like sometimes I've, I've dealt with, with families where, where a guy just refuses to work. He won't have anything to do. And, and it's like, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to take care of my family. And I've had to tell the ladies in those families that he's considered worse than an unbeliever. He may go to church here, but he's, it's like, he's not, he's not even a believer. He's an un, he's worse than an unbeliever. Like, well, that's mean pastor. Well, let me read it again. Anyone who does not provide for his relatives. And that goes for the church too. When we're not looking out for each other and especially for the members of his own household, has denied the faith 
and is worse than an unbeliever. That's, whew, that'll preach, but I'm not going to preach it tonight. Here's the next one. Keep God central in order to remain under his blessing. Keep God central to remain under his blessing. Psalm 115, 13 and 14 says this. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both the small and the great. May the Lord give you increase, both you and your children. It's those who fear the Lord get the increase. Around here, we're going to have a holy fear and reverence for God like never before. Let it be in Jesus' name. The next one is this, congregation, is we're going to grow covenant relationships. Grow covenant relationships. That was my sermon from this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. All those things that love is. You guys heard the scriptures this morning. That's what we're, that's what we're all about here. We're going to grow covenant relationships. And the next one is this. Congregation, it is personal offense has no place in this house. Personal, uh, no, I was just like, no. Got my feelings hurt. Well, then, then Stop. <laughs> Talked a little bit about that this morning too. Colossians chapter three, verse 13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Just forgive people the way God forgave you. That's right here in the scriptures. When we do that and we're not holding resentment and holding this stuff in, all of a sudden the walls are down and God rushes in. Any of you who've been around church for any length of time, you've probably seen churches literally implode because of personal offense. You know what I'm talking about. I've seen it happen. And another part of this is this. Here's the next one. Unity is our key to blessing. Unity. Psalm 133, the whole thing. Good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in unity. It's it's like an anointing in there. God commands his blessing. Here's the next one, congregation. This is the stuff you're going to be hearing this year, all right? Honor the spirit of God in everyone. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We are all supposed to submit to one another. Well, what does that look like? It just looks like that. What, we're, what it is is that I recognize, Eli, the spirit of God in you. And there's something there that God wants to do in me through you. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Here's the next one. Liberate people and bring them into our family liberate people and bring them into our family. Psalm 68 verse 6 says this, which happens to be our theme scripture for the year. And we're going to be standing and and reciting it at the beginning of my sermons here in a couple weeks. But it's this, is God sets the lonely in families and he leads out the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. It's like, that's not where I want to be. I want to be in a family. I want to be free from prison. And the final one is, a release of the supernatural. A release of the supernatural. The gifts of the Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 12 says this. This is now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. I do not want you to be uninformed. I like how he says brothers and sisters. See, it's family. It's family here, okay? I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them all. Verse 7 says, Now to each one is given the manifestation uh, of the Spirit for the common good. And then he goes on to list the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, workings of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Rebecca, see that? See how we're like, where were you? We didn't even share notes. Maybe it's because we love each other or something. I don't know. 
We should desire and ask for these gifts. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, it says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And the most excellent way to do it is found in 1 Corinthians 13, which I preached about today. That's the way to do it. And then 1 Corinthians 14, you just keep reading. It says, now again, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. I want that in my church. You see, I don't want to just do half the half of what the Bible gives us. I don't want to do yeah, well, just a little bit of God's anointing. I want it because we're going to need more of God's anointing in the days to come, church. We will. The, the, the culture, it is shifting, and it is, it is so intense. And, and you know what? We're, we're going to go to battle with the weapons that we have in our warfare, which are the Spirit of God. Spirit of God. I need someone to come up here and get on the keys real quick. Because we're about ready to move into a really potent moment over these next few minutes. Um, and I'm going to ask you guys, you're going to, there's a table full of markers out there, I believe. Is that right, guys? Someone? Okay. Um, but this is going to be a powerful moment here in just a second. We're going to take our markers, and we're going to walk out there, and we're going to start writing on the wall. It's, I'm not going to, I don't want you guys to be like talking to each other, having chit-chat time, but there's, there should be some talking going on talk to God, begin proclaiming things, speaking blessing over this place. We need to speak blessing over that space. In fact, elders and staff, I ask you guys, you know, some of you guys need to get scrappy and come fight for the anointing oil up here until they're all gone and then share it with each other. <laughs> and take that anointing oil and begin anointing that, that, that new space, that space we've regained, that 25% of our building. Uh, we need to dis- displace anything that's not supposed to be there spiritually. Do you understand? Leaders, you have the authority to do that. That authority has been given to you, and I want you to exercise it. I'm talking elders and staff. Uh, we're going to worship. We're going to worship. You may get finished with what you're doing and just walk around that space and just worship. You can come back in here and worship. And It's not a time for us to sit around the table and have chat time. Now we're going to get to do more of that later, but it's a time for us to... We're going to take that space in the spirit realm. Sure, all the stuff's going to be painted over here in a few days, but those markings are still going to be there. Whatever you write on those walls are still going to be there. They will be there. We have a little thing up here on the screen of things to write on the walls. And uh, write your family name. Do you have a slide for that? Um, but write your family name, your word for the year, and also what you're believing God to do this year in your church family and in your family. Those are the things to write out there. We're going to move out there, and uh, we've asked Elizabeth just to sing some worship during this time. And uh, the doors are about to open up. And we're just going to move in there and make this a holy, holy, holy moment. All right? Can we do that? I want you guys to dedicate this space with me. Jesus, right now, just stretch your hands toward the church. Jesus, we thank you, God, for for restoration. We thank you, God, for the restoration of this 25% of our building coming back into our hands today, one year after we marched around this place asking you for to enlarge our footprint. God, you've, you've honored our faith, and so now, God, by faith, we walk into that. And just as, <laughs> just as the children of Israel and just as Joshua walked into the space that was already theirs and that was already promised for them, they walked into that, and they walked forcefully, for the word of God said to Joshua, wherever you place your foot, I have given 
it to you. Be strong, be bold, be courageous. And church, I commission you to be strong, be bold, be courageous. Elders and pastors, you pray. When God gives you a word for something, you write it down, you pray it. You have authority in the house. God is, God's spirit is reclaiming the space. And we're going to take it right now in Jesus' name. Get up out of your seats, guys, and charge in there and start taking those walls. Come on. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.